Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Time Rewind Podcast. And I'm your host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Whitford. Hello. And we're also joined this week with our special guest, Sean Housie. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. So, Sean has the honor of being our first ever guest that we're having on here, and Mike and I are both pretty excited, (laughs) and so what we're going to be doing is we're going to just go over the perspective of a non-book reader for how season one went on, and what Sean was able to take away from it, how he enjoyed it, and all of that. So, without further ado here, let's just do the reminders that we always do. And so if you'd want to get in contact with the show, you can do so by sending us an email at wheeloftimerewind at gmail.com. Or if you want to get at us on the socials, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter at W-O-T Rewind. All right. So, Mike, I'm going to pass this over to you. And so why don't you do a quick introduction for Sean and get him in here? Uh, yeah. So um, known Sean for We actually went to high school with Sean. <laughs> and Sean's had quite the journey um but i know i i the one thing and the thing that made me think of sean or to bring you on sean for this was uh i was you had posted on facebook or some social media about how you were reading a fantasy book or your books in review for a year or something like that and i was looking at the list and i was like oh my gosh He's a giant, he, he likes fantasy. He's a giant fantasy nerd like me. And I remember messaging you after and uh, kind of just chatting with you a little bit about some book recommendations. And I believe you recommended The Queen of the Tearlings to me at the time. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so when we, me and Dylan were talking about like, oh, you know, we'd like to have some people come on the show. We'd like some people who have a lot of fantasy background or at least like, under, like art appreciate the genre but maybe didn't read the wheel of time books i'm i reached out to you and i, I asked if you had read him and you told me no which i'm gonna be honest made me feel very sad inside because it's <laughs> absolutely one of my favorite book series and I, I i mean i've most people know i've read that book series so many times but uh too many times really <laughs> um but i'm glad that you uh joined us to come on and maybe you could share with us really briefly like some of your his, like history with writing, um, and uh, maybe some of your fantasy book favorite fantasy books or shows, uh, just to give everyone a little sort of taste of who you are. Yeah, of course. Uh, and again, thanks for having me. Um, as Mike said, it's been quite a journey for me personally. I'm coming to you guys live now from South Korea, <laughs> um, but it's uh, my fantasy journey. Wow. So. I definitely love all types of fantasy adventures. Um, I've been reading books since I was little, and the one book series that really got me into the fantasy genre, um, it's not Harry Potter, nope, it's Animorphs, which I'm pretty sure Mike Mike knew I was going to say that. Uh, So those books, I mean, it's, I know Wheel of Time, there's like, what, 14, 15 books, like a huge series, right? Animorphs had 64 books, uh, 54 in the main series, and then eight... um, you know, secondary books, supplementary books. Um, so it was a huge undertaking. And I remember when I was a young child being so mad at everyone because they loved Harry Potter, but no one was reading Animorphs, at least what it seemed to me. Um, but I did eventually cave and I read Harry Potter and I loved it. And I just kind of just, from there on out, um, 
man, so many that I've read. Um, like Mike said, I, I recommended Queen of Teeling to him. Uh, fun fact, Emma Watson loved that series so much. She like uh, wanted to do a movie adaptation for it. And I don't know, that never went anywhere. Maybe down the road. Um, but yeah, so much stuff. Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, you know, oh, yeah. um, Brandon Sanderson, if you guys know that author, he's actually the reason why I haven't read Wheel of Time yet because I oh, started, okay. I started his books first and Mistborn. Yeah. The Mistborn series. So the original trilogy and then the, uh, the second part, which is four books, the fourth one comes out like this November, um, I already have it pre-ordered. <laughs> um, but he also has, besides Mistborn, he has the whole Cosmere series. So Mistborn is just one part of the of the Cosmere, and then the other books, um, well, the the Shardlight um, or the Stormlight uh, archive. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, the Stormlight. Uh, so we've, I know Dylan and I have read the Stormlight archive books. Uh, I actually okay. have not I, read I, it yet. I own it, but I uh, haven't read it yet. Oh, never mind. <laughs> We're gonna shun shun yeah, him then. So, uh, but I started listening to actually the first Mistborn book, and I've been uh, really intrigued with that. That's actually yes. what's taken me away from my reread of real time. Real <laughs> <laughs> time right now. Well, so all the books are interconnected, and there's different characters that you don't notice at first that that jump between all the books, and mm. oh, yeah, and so that's interesting. yeah, so it's one huge shared universe, and he's gonna have he's building towards something. He's not there yet. Yeah, Stormlight Archive, uh, Mistborn, and there's a couple of standalone books like Elantris and Warbreaker. Um, so, but his books are huge; they're massive. So, oh, yeah. I started those. I started. I remember I read Mistborn, and then I was like, I have to read every single book he's written, um, <laughs> and then I'll get to it with time. Um, but I also I did read Brandon Sanderson started um, finishing the Wheel of Time series. Like he's right, the author yeah. that is finishing it. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, since I, I don't know, if, I know, Dylan, you read Animorphs as well. Yes. Um, I read Animorphs too. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't read every book in the series, mm-hmm. but I read most of the books in the series. And I read all the spinoff books. And I loved, I actually really loved the spinoff books. Uh, the ones that really got into the like a- alien race. I forget what the alien race oh, is called. Corpagier, uh, Yerks, and Andalites. Yes, yes. The one where the the one Andalite who the slug. Oh my gosh! I'm just you know I'm, <laughs> the, yeah, I'm trying the, to remember everything from. <laughs> I'm so trying to remember. Ago, yeah. But the one where it explained how the one alien that you know oh, yeah. took over the Andalite's right. brain, yeah, uh, and who was so legendary, and he's the one who was the main protagonist throughout for the humans throughout most of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he ended up there. That that standalone book I still remember. And I even think about it sometimes randomly. Um, but I'm going to tell you what, Sean. The last book in the Animorph series, <laughs> I have never been so <laughs> mad at an author in my entire life. I now I did I, as I said I didn't read every book, and so like when I I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta read this book because it's the last book in the series. I gotta know what happens. Like I don't know if I want to read all the other like maybe the five or six books I couldn't find at the time. Whatever. Anyway, I picked it up. I read that thing. I threw that book across the room, and I was just like so PO'd at freaking that author. Applegate? Was yeah. it? No, what's the author's it's name? It's Applegate, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew I didn't forget her name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, <laughs> I was uh, like, why would you do this? Because she, 
yeah, know, yeah. killed off some people, and I, it's, you know, at the time, I, I, you know, I wasn't ready for Game of Thrones level murders of some of my favorite characters. Like, why they loved each other? Yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was bad. Wow. So man, yeah. but you just hit the nail on the head because that is one of the reasons why. Because I'm actually in a Facebook group for Animorphs now. Like the the following is still like it's huge and present. Oh, wow. Like it's active, especially since they're making a movie now. Um, oh, which, I didn't know that. Oh, I hope it's good. I hope. Well, it's good. Well, so bad news first. Um, the author Applegate actually <laughs> wrote the books with her husband Michael Grant, so they kind of co-wrote them all together. Um, they took a break in the middle, and it's like the middle section books that are ghost-written, but they signed off on them, and then they came back and finished the series. Um, they had like something happened, like family emergency. They just didn't have time to do it, but they had the contract, so that's why some are ghost-written. Anyways, tangent. Um, they were on. And initially, like on working with the people that are going to be making the movie, and then they dropped out. So, you know, creative differences, that sort of thing. So it's left a lot of us like, oh, well, you know, it's like with The Last Avatar, you know, or Airbender. When those guys dropped out. Version? Well, not just the movie, but the TV, uh, the the redo that they're going to do, the TV show, whatever. Like the, yes. the author, the director dropped out. And mm-hmm. so you're like, why did they drop out? That's dumb. We need them to be hands-on and now they're doing their own thing so it doesn't leave us oh, that man. excited as if they were still doing it um yeah but for the uh, but oh, i was gonna say for the book series it, though, isn't there gonna be like uh aren't they gonna be creating a so there i, I was reading so many rumors because i love uh legend of the or legend of the air last night airbender love that series um it's like right up there with gravity falls as some of my favorite like animated shows and isn't there some rumors that they left the project with Netflix to create an an, like kind of animated spinoffs for the series in whoever, oh. whatever streaming service yeah, yeah, that owns Nickelodeon? Yeah, that's what I meant. Contract. They're doing their own thing now. Like they have their own. I don't think it's a full oh, network, yeah. but they have their own something that they're working on, like to build more about the world of Avatar. So they're not working that's with awesome. Netflix anymore. But yeah. Um, but back to the Animorphs point, though, that's why so many of us still loved it, because it was like Game of Thrones-esque at times. You know, it, it confronted the moralities of war, child warfare, when, you know, doing the right thing, even when it when it sucks. You know, really what, difficult. Yeah, yeah, what is the right thing? Because, you know, you have difference of opinion. And, you know, was it right to do that or not? Um, you know, depression, suicide, like even in the third book, you know, yeah, third book, a character attempted suicide. And it's like it's so quick you don't even really process it until you're older that oh yeah he really did try to do that and was saved at the last second um and so when you're reading that as like a 10 12 year old kid some of the stuff goes over your head for sure and you think about it as an adult and you're like holy crap but like that's why like it's so real and down the earth and you know friendships and family um and all that kind of stuff it was more than just a kid's book but it's you look at the cover. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you look at the cover and you're like, "What? It's just a kid." Yeah, <laughs> but definitely some dark, darker tones you're bringing on there. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us for our Animorph podcast. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do I did I love talking about that though because that so much of that is so interesting and um, it I think you you brought such a really interesting perspective there talking about some of the process behind the scenes for even some of like the Animorph movie mm-hmm. and thinking about even like the Wheel of Time show and like there's been a lot of drama in the Wheel of Time community like there's a whole like we, we're not going to open we're up we're not going to get into that, that but yeah <laughs> lots of drama Animorphs. but uh, 
you know, I feel like every, I think that's something we always have to take with kind of a grain of salt with all these big franchises is none of them are coming. It's not like right from book right to the screen. Like there's always something creative differences. People want to put their own spin on it, you know, have their own kind of they leave their own mark on the franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like, oh, you like this? Well, that was kind of like our adaptation or our creative vision of it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. But uh, uh, anyway, let's jump on in here. Uh, so, Sean, mm. y- you let us know that you had watched, ended up watching the series twice. Yes. Yeah. So let's just start off with the big picture here. What was your takeaway? How did you feel about the whole show? Maybe your favorite part, your least favorite part. All right. So whole show overall definitely uh, is up there with like fantasy books. I'm going to read and enjoy um in terms of storytelling and and there being more to the eye than what it seems like yeah so i enjoyed overall um like it definitely wasn't a chore to watch it twice you know as a refresher before coming on the show today like it was fun um to kind of look at it with a second pair of eyes because you know things at the end you know already now in the beginning you can watch and, and see it um but i love the story you know the the five to um, all from one little small town, you know, what's going to happen to them. Uh, the magic system uh, is good. They didn't really go into all the different Ajahs and, and stuff in the in the show that I'm sure they have more background in the books. Um, but just kind of learning about a new magic system because it's always interesting to see that there's so many different fantasy books with different systems of magic or, or supernatural powers and how do they incorporate that. Um, to make it maybe realistic or maybe more mystical, that sort of thing. Um, so learning all about that, uh, the water bonds, you know, that's, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I definitely liked, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like those guys. Um, um, but then also they did do a fair bit of uh, character development, even in the short time, uh, just a little bit. Um, and some was because of, you know, dangerous, cursed items and whatnot. But um, it's kind of looking, yeah, I, I'm more excited now to see what comes next because there are a lot of questions after the first the first series. Like, now I want answers. <laughs> okay. I think that's a great um, point to kind of get in and ask you maybe, what are some of those questions Exactly, you yeah. What are yeah. some of those lingering questions? So... Uh, this probably is like completely nothing and i'm just so far off base but um i'm getting uh, so excited ready i'm just so <laughs> excited to hear what well so so parent and his wife i feel like there's so much more to that than than what we know and um and so at the end now obviously i can say whatever i want like no spoilers right it's the yeah yeah podcast. spoiler warnings no. all so it's all, it's all um so in the in the end, the the penultimate um, episode, when uh, when Nynaeve is like, "Oh yeah, you guys will keep fighting over you know Egwin," I'm like, "What? I didn't really pick up on that throughout the show, um, that he was in love with her too, and that and I'd already had questions about him and his wife because it just seemed the relationship relationship seemed off from the beginning, and then he accidentally kills her. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, was it an accident? Because mm-hmm. it almost looked like she was gonna <laughs> kill him too. And I was like, yeah, yes, you know, and I'm like, that's definitely been. A okay. And so that just struck me right away. And then I found out later, like, oh, he maybe likes, you know, Edwin. And he asked um, the other girl to marry 
him the same day that uh, her and Rand got together. And I'm like, whoa, bro. That's definitely right there, reality TV. People need to put that on cable. Everyone's going to watch it. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, Desperate Housewives and stuff. But so that was my first big thing that popped up. And I was like, what? There's there's more behind the scenes uh, that I'm missing that maybe will be explained further. Um, and then the whole thing with, uh, with the dark one. Um, uh, he, like their whole plan, it just didn't work, right? Now... The first time that before I went back and watched it, for some reason I was like, I thought he was still down there, you know, wherever they were. Um, and like, we got to see him still alive. I don't know why I thought that, but it was really, I was just kind of remembering Rand just being like, no, I'm leaving by. Um, but like, clearly they're like, this isn't the last battle. Everyone's like, this is not the last battle. That horn got stolen to, to summon the everyone, all the protectors. So I'm like, so why did their plan fail? Like, what were they missing? What happened? Did the Dark One really get what he wanted um, despite them having this plan to defeat him? And where is Rand going to go? What's he going to do? Is he going to succumb to the madness? And why is it that if the Dragon Reborn is a man, why can they still be um be consumed by the madness i guess it's still corrupted even if they're mad but i'm like if you're the dragon you should be able to circumvent that right um mm. but so the one thing is um the uh the seer i forget her name uh min right maybe yeah um yeah, ah, yeah, thank man. you yes so the whole Tavarian thing and them all being connected um and it's clear that they can channel like a little bit differently or, or at least parent can with the whole the wolf you know, uh, familiarity with the wolves. Um, but, like, between him and Matt, I'm like, what's going to happen? Are they really going to become channelers? Do they have some kind of other, like, secret power that's going to develop? I don't know. Lots of questions. But Matt, Matt kind of annoyed me, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that once Matt gets the dagger and he starts becoming corrupted, yeah. he just becomes very petulant and you don't like him at all. But like, and that's how it is in the that books. That is that too. is how it is in the his books. His character, well. yeah. when he when he gets the dagger, is like you're reading and you're just like, dude, eat a Snickers, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> you know that commercial. Yeah. Well, um, we'll try to. I, I just want to say this for everyone. We're gonna try to. We're not gonna spoil anything for you, Sean. Uh, I will try to make some comparisons to the books on just yeah. some small things. Yeah. But I'm not gonna go in and explain like the whole book series right, or anything right. and like how like this and that. Um, I do want to say, um, and people in our podcast know this, and uh, that Perrin's wife, that was a new addition for the show. Ah. So that, so that is not something that was in the books at all. Like killing his wife so, or just being married at all? Being oh, married at character. all. Ah. Well, well, yeah. The character oh, okay, existed okay. in the books just like as a very, very like side character that's mentioned in like two, second, yeah. two sentences about the show, about the books or whatever. Um, but I'm just going to jump in here really quick. Um, it's really funny that you brought up the thing about Perrin and his wife and how, like, the revelation that, you know, him and Egwene, or that he might have had feelings for Egwene kind of stood mm -hmm. out. Because uh, what happened for me today is actually rewatch the first three episodes again. And this is my first time going back to the show after having finished the series. Because, like, individually... I think I've seen every episode at least three times so far, but I have never gone back to the beginning of the show and started again after I've already finished. Now, I bring that up because I was just talking with Mike before you got on here 
about how knowing what we know now in episode seven, where it's revealed that Perrin kind of had some feelings towards Egwene, that explains so much more of Perrin's wife's behavior from episode one, when she's giving him the cold shoulder, why she didn't go to the women's circle to see Egwene off, because maybe she holds some animity towards her for having feelings towards Perrin too. And then like when the wolf is like tearing her guts out and eating her body in like the dream there, she like turns her head towards Perrin and says, I know. Basically, like to me, it sounded like she's saying, like, I know you actually like Egwene and not me. Not me. And so like it just having that perspective of watching the series all the way through and then going back to it, you do pick up on some little things like that. And like Mike said, with the whole addition of Perrin's wife not being related to the books, it makes it something that's a lot more up in the air for all the all the book readers who are watching the show to be like, what is actually going on here? Because like you said, Sean, it looked like she was going to smack him with a the hammer there before he gave her the axe. Yeah. Before yeah. <laughs> yeah. he gave her the axe. No, that's a good point. And you could buy that he hears a noise behind him and just swings blindly. Like yeah. you could you could buy that and you kinda of see it play out that way, but the way she was already standing with it raised, it kinda of looked like yeah, I was like so confused, like was she really about to? But that's that's a good point. When I rewatched the second time, I wasn't really looking at her attitude towards Perrin based on that new information, which makes sense. She probably didn't know that or suspected it because women are really intuitive. I was more looking at Perrin and, and Egwin's uh, you know, relationship mm. and, and I loved all the things you brought up when you were talking about your questions. Yeah, for sure. Some of your takeaways. Like, it's, I think, as somebody who, like, has so much knowledge in the series, that it's really cool, like, how you're perceiving things. And um, it's all, it's, it's like, um, you you have so much wonder. (laughs) Yeah, so much (laughs) innocence. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting here like, oh, man. But I I think a lot of the things you brought up is probably how most people feel. And I think it's a – they've put – I have to give the showrunners so much credit for this that they've really done a nice job of setting up the, these beliefs. And um, really, I mean, there's nothing – like, I don't think anything you said there was really wrong in any way, shape, or form. And it's just – it, it does add so much more mystique or mystery to it and so much to be unveiled. So I love that. That's awesome. Right, like the fact um, that you have so many questions after watching the first mm-hmm, season, mm-hmm. I think that's the job of any showrunner to get you interested, to want to come back for season two to see yeah. if those questions are answered and everything. So yeah, I think it was really cool to see like what questions you brought to the table there about like things you might have picked up on or the where you think the season might be going or the series might be going and everything like that yeah um so we kind of covered some of the things that you liked about the series what were some of the things that you didn't necessarily like as much about the series or some of the Maybe production right some of the some of the questions you had yeah. as far as like you felt like might could have, or that could have been done a little bit better oh for uh for me the negative stuff is always harder and always comes away later um Cause I'm not so much going with the. I mean, I, I am definitely going with the wind, going with the good vibes kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. And unless something is really, really bad, I don't really, uh, I don't really spend a lot of time on it. But I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there are things that probably annoyed me a little bit. Um, but off the top <laughs> of my head, you know, nothing. Just 
uh more i guess more would probably be in terms of like production and quality and all that i think it was good i think writing overall was pretty decent um you know maybe story-wise or writing-wise a little bit there were probably a couple of things that um that irked me um the time jump from <laughs> the one month time jump took me off uh well i was taken back a second because like oh i guess nothing happened they just traveled for a whole month <laughs> but it seemed like they made a, a long distance like they like in a short few days they made a good amount of distance and then it took them a month to finish the rest of the journey and I was like, but that but yeah. that's that's uh that's me because i love maps i'm always like I don't know from point A to point B and then B to C. I, I yeah, definitely, yeah. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely might have did that. <laughs> and like, I'm not um, sure if you noticed or not, Sean, but like Amazon has like on their on their Prime website, you can see the actual map of their journey. Yes. yes. So um, that yeah. took me. I didn't notice that right away, but I did see that. Um, amazing. I love that actually because I did go down and look through like the maps at all the different. Um, you know, like the exploration page, you can like find out details about like the different, you know, um, you know, symbols of power, things or whatever, or, uh, objects of power, stuff like that. Um, also, I totally didn't realize until like the second or third episode, if you're watching Amazon Prime, they got that x-ray thing. So you can find out about the different lands or stuff. I don't want to read too much because some of it was more background, um, like kind of what you would get if you read from the books. So I was trying to keep right. it just show only, but. Oh, that was nice. Um, yeah, and I, I did try to give Matt the benefit of the doubt. Like, I knew, eventually, I knew he had the, the knife and or the dagger, and that was causing him, you know, to be even more, um, you know, off-kilter than he normally would be. Um, but I'm interested in see what happens to his character because, because, yeah, he had the dagger for a while. But, okay, this is actually what annoyed me. This is the thing that annoyed me the most. Thank you. I knew I'd get to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Moraine cures Matt, right, when when they're in the tower. Mm -hmm. She cures him, says it's because of the dagger, and says if he touches it again, like he'll, you know, die or whatever. Like he's not going to survive it the next time he touches it. But I was like, why? Like, why would you even say that? Because you can just take the dagger and take care of it yourself. You can dispose of it. You can put it in the tower, lock it up. Like, why would it even be an option that Matt might be able to touch it again? And so as soon right. as she said that, I'm like, either. So, like, that. I feel like that's a, a faux pas on, on kind of the character in the writing. Because Moraine should be smart enough to know to get rid of that object. But if the writers want that to be a possibility for the future for Matt, like a temptation, then obviously they they let the character make a dumb mistake she wouldn't normally make just to have that option in the future. So that would be the one thing because in reality, I feel like Moraine and um, and Lon would just get rid of it. But instead, the writers are leaving it as a possibility because Matt stayed behind in the city. And then what does Moraine do? She has a messenger. She sends a messenger. Um, I forget where they're at, uh, but sends it back to the oh, yeah, sends it back to the tower yeah. to the to the red Aja, which if they catch Matt and find out he can channel, they might just gentle him right away because that's what uh, the red Aja like to do. But I guess they're in the white tower, so you know Shawan's there, uh, you know the Amlin seat, so they probably would at least lock him up or have a trial because they're not going to just gentle him right in the city without talking to Shawan first, like they do in the country. Yeah, that could that would be an interesting little wrinkle in there. Yeah. yeah, but when she said that though, when she sends the messenger, I'm like, you know, that's almost a death warrant because you know, right? The red, the red Aja, they just 
they just will gentle any man that can channel. Um, yeah. like when uh, that's a good point. When Mike and I watched that episode for the first time, and they uh, just leave the dagger like laying there on the floor, we're like, "What are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you just letting it sit there?" Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when Moraine does like send the red Aja after Matt, we were like, "Oh shit! Like, it's getting real now." Yeah, because you have to understand what that means. Like, right. they were just what's their name? Uh, Lily? Lily? No. Uh... Leandra. 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 Yeah, yeah, she she just been out hunting down people in the country all she wants and just gentles them without a trial. And the right. only thing that would save Matt in this instance is that they are there in the White Tower. And so she's not going to gentle someone sisters. Yeah, in the city when the ambulance seat's there too. But but yeah, I'm like, she really just is like, okay, Matt, you didn't come with us. I didn't want you to come with us, but I'm going to kill you now too. <laughs> so, Gosh. yeah. So it's interesting to see how that plays out if that ever comes back to Haunter or the others find out. So, like, one thing that I don't know if you are aware of, too, Sean, is that the actor that plays Matt is actually getting changed out. Oh, no way. Why is that? Yeah, so there's it's a whole big mystery that hasn't been revealed, like, why he left the show. But, like, the episode where, like, he doesn't go into the ways with the rest of the group there. I guess originally in the show, they were going to have him go with them because, um, for, for reasons. And then uh, they decided not to when the actor decided to just kind of pull out and not come back. Oh, so, man. like, everything <clears throat> that you see of him from, like, that point on was kind of, like, improvised almost on the spot. So ah. it it's a little bit, adds a little bit more context when you're looking at, like, some of the crazy stuff, like... Why didn't he go with them? Why does Moraine stick the red Aja on him? It's mm. kind of because like they kind of were pulling it out of their hat there at the last second to try to come up with a story. Yeah, and so they're gonna have a new actor uh, from he was on The Witcher, right? Was that Barney Harris? No, Barney. Barney Harris, Harris is the, is the current actor. one. It's Donald Finn. It's gonna be the yeah, new Matt. Donald Finn. Ah, yeah. The Witcher. Cool. Yeah, and I with a mostly relatively unknown cast, I, I think. There were a lot of good choices. Now, I don't have the book descriptions um, to see how they compare. But uh, that's one thing. Because, like, I I just watched, um, you know, uh, the the Grisha series, Shadow and Bone, on Netflix. Yeah, I'm watching Shadow and Bone right now. Yeah, nice. It's only the first season, right? Yeah, it's only the first season. For now, yeah. Um, But then I read all the books afterwards, and there's, like, seven books. So I read all the books immediately afterwards. And I think that they cast... um, for the series like perfectly um and when i was reading the books i was able to kind of just picture that the actual cast members when i'm reading the books and it was kind of you know perfect um so that's probably the same thing i would do when i read uh you know wheel of time is now i have those guys in my mind i'll picture it hopefully it matches um but either way it'd nice. be like do you feel like um I, i've watched the shadow but series mm-hmm. and i actually really enjoyed enjoyed it um do you feel like after reading the books that it lined up pretty nicely um chronologically not at all um because (laughs) what they did is there's the original trilogy and then the second Mm -hmm. the second part is a duology actually there's two duologies Mm -hmm. so the first duology um which will the first duology will get us a third book later down the road but um no so the original tri- trilogy has its own characters and then the duology has its own characters 
what they did is they took the, some characters from the duology and added it to the original trilogy for the first season. Um, so there are characters that have never interacted together in the books until like way, way, way down the road that are now all interacting together in the very first season. Mm. So some backstories this... are mostly the same, but the timelines have been moved up kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that that probably makes a lot more sense with like it being a TV show. And... Yeah. And that's cool. They they might have just been worried there weren't enough characters. Um, they could have made the first season shorter. They could have added a couple more characters and made it a little bit longer since they were adding characters anyway. Um, but there's there's at least three main characters in the second book of the trilogy that aren't in the first season that they could have just added those guys earlier because now we're going to get even more new characters in the second season that we didn't have in the first season. So. I don't know what their overall vision was, but I mean, I love the first series and I still love the book, so it worked. Cool, it's good to know because I've actually been interested in checking out the series because um, my fiance Amy and I we are watching Shadow and Bone right now. We're mm. almost done with the first season, but we're both really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Um. It's so going back to Wheel of Time here, so um, who is your favorite character so far out of the series? And I, before you go, Sean, I just want to add in that I, I think me and Dylan could, would agree with you that the casting in The Wheel of Time was fantastic. Yeah, we do we do like um, the casting oh, of perfect. the show. Like, almost every 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 character, really, was just really well done. And they the, their portrayal was just fabulous, so. Nice. Um, that's good to know. So, my favorite part would be The Water... Um, oh my god, I just watched the series Lan, right? Mm-hmm. Lan. Lan, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the non-Taverin, he'd be my favorite character. Um, from the Taverin, it's it's hard because they've all annoyed me at different points. <laughs> um, that's that's a common theme in the books as well. <laughs> um, it is very much a common theme. They've all done like... Now, granted, I know they all had to split up, but when they all split up in... Um, in the Shadow City or whatever it was called, I forgot. I was like, it was almost Shadow Logan. Yeah, it was almost. It was so random. Like you almost didn't have to split up, but they did, kind of thing. Um, that wasn't really that annoying. But uh, I probably say maybe Randall Audubon, Rander Perrin, would be my favorite. I kind of, I'm really interested in Rand's backstory because I feel like I get kind of why he's the dragon that I've watched it. You know, being an IEL, the way he was born, um, you know, his upbringing, um. Uh, so I am kind of curious about that and just kind of seeing where he goes. Um, but I do love Lon a lot and his steadfastness. And there's kind of there's more to him than meets the eye almost at first. And I, I guess pretty, I don't know if people have made this comparison. I'm sure they have, but it's very similar to like Aragorn, you know, and Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's being that, that yeah. hidden king. Um, That's a good comparison. Yeah, so. That is a very good comparison. <laughs> uh Obviously, uh, Robert Jordan was heavily influenced by the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do love... At least in his first three books. Yeah. Oh, okay. The... I, was like, I do love the Trollocs. Um, just a different, you know, play, different take on orcs. You know, that big, bad, mass in yeah. numbers, you know, a foot soldier type thing. But um, and not visually, I, I thought they were great. They're all different. But, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. I think that was such a really cool thing, like... And in the it's a, like in the description in the books and I mean in the show it's the same thing but like that like uh, like amalgamation, amalgamation yeah mm-hmm. of animal and human and just like this this complete like de- like 
the brave take on humanity, like yeah. something you would never see. And uh, it, it, it was really cool, like seeing that on the screen for the first time. I know for me and for Dylan, that was like a really neat thing. And the merge all too, like, oh, so cool. So I guess uh, one of the next questions I have for you, Sean, if you have time for a couple more questions here. Sure do. Um, is where do you kind of see the show going in season two now that you've watched season one? Uh, okay, so obviously we have to follow Rand. Where is he going to go? What's he going to do? He can't go back to Two Rivers, mm-hmm. you know. But does he want to talk to his dad, you know, and find out you know, about his past? Because I'm sure he does. So I feel like his journey is going to be one um, to try to, one, stay sane, but two, to find out about his past. Um, although I guess he did find out a little bit from men, but I don't know how much in detail she went. Um, and Nynaeve and, and Egwin, I would assume, and I guess maybe hope, kind of go back to the White Tower and, and become novices and join the Aes Sedai. It seems like the natural path for them. Um, and then Perrin and Matt are just wild cards. I have no clue what they're going to do um, or what's going to happen to them. You know, is Perrin going to be like a lost puppy? I don't want to say that to him because i feel like he's more than that but he's gonna be like a lost puppy you know and follow you know egwin and go to this the tower and you know just chill maybe come her water i don't know um you know and same with matt is he gonna meet back up with the group is he gonna go his own way i know he cares about his sisters like you get from matt like that's his besides his friends i guess like that's his one true like relationship his one true you know loving you know families his sisters you know you kind of get the sense with his parents it's kind of like you know, whatever. But his sisters, mm-hmm. though, you know, he cares about them. And so is he going to eventually try to go back and, and take care of them? Or, But then things always pop up that even the best laid plans, you know, get ruined. So, um, and I guess the really big thing is uh, Moraine doesn't have her, her connection to the one touch or the one power anymore. And is that permanent? Is she ever going to get it back? Um, I'm sure people that have lost the one power before have already done studies on how they can get it back. So does she have somewhere like a starting point to try to get it back? Is it just impossible? Who knows? But um, so the one thing, though, I guess I did have a question is she masked her bond with Lon before she lost her 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 power. Mm-hmm. So are they effectively like not? They're just not bonded anymore then, basically, because she'd already masked it and now she doesn't even have access to unmask it. That's kind of mm. what I'm getting from it right now, because like yeah. Lance, like, yeah. okay, I'm here, I'm holding you in my arms. Let me feel you in my head again. Let me like have that <laughs> yeah. connection to you like I've had for twenty years. And she's like, I can't. Yeah. And so yeah, I got that's what I got too, is that she's just not bonded with him right now. Yeah, Although yeah, I don't yeah. know if the bond is like permanently broken or if it's right. just like permanently or masked right now and she can't do anything about it. Yeah. yeah. And so it obviously doesn't feel the same as with Stepin. Um, yeah, like he doesn't feel that huge right. loss, whatever, which is good because, you know, you'd be worried about but, that. Yeah. But he's still, he's, he's used to her presence. So he still is feeling a loss to a point. So he's going to have a, a journey of his own to overcome that, I feel like. And last, yeah, that'll be. Oh, sorry. Interesting. I'll say, but last. No, though, that's a, that was a really unique thing. I, I haven't. Oh really? Ah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Um, but the Gleeman. Uh, there's no way the Gleeman <laughs> is dead. We didn't see a body. 
And so he's going to pop back yeah. up. He's going to pop back up. Good rule up. of thumb there. Good rule <laughs> yeah. of thumb. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we skipped the Ford one month after that, and we still didn't see him. But he's going to be somewhere down the road. Um, I kind of feel like he's similar to uh, Pat and Finn in the sense they're both on opposite sides, but both wanderers. Um, one kind of working for the light, at least as far as we know, and the other one clearly working with the dark. And we'll see what those two have in store for us later. Pat and Finn, though, he, I feel like he's more than just a dark friend. I mean, that man was leading to Faceless um, or to Eyeless. I don't know what they're called. I forgot. Yeah. The Face. <laughs> no, yeah. They, they have names. many names. Yeah. yeah Half Men, Merdral, yeah. Fade, uh, The Eyeless. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you said Merdral earlier, and I was like, I don't remember the what Merdral was. Yeah, um, but uh, whatever it's called. Fades. Fades is easy. Um, he was just leading to Fades through the city. Like, they were his, you know, assistants. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. This guy must be in deep. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the, the Ogier? Oh, I was actually mm-hmm. sad to see him die. Because like, I feel like we didn't really have too many main character deaths. But I, I was sad to see him go. Yeah, and... I don't know if you felt this way, but I just didn't feel like we got enough time with Loyal. Yeah, no, exactly. On screen. Yeah. He, he, like Dylan had pointed this out when we were watching, uh, I forget which, the episode they were in Fall Dahar, but you saw him at the beginning and then he just disappeared. Yeah. 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 You didn't see him until the next episode. Yeah, like episode seven, oh, yeah. I think it is, when uh, when they're going, <clears throat> when they're leaving the ways, um, Loyal gets to Fall Dara with them, kind of like drops them off with King Algamar and then just like vanishes. Yeah. You just want to hit stuff. Do you... Uh, I think that part brings up a good point, but are there questions like you're just like... Uh, yeah, any questions you have that you would want to hear maybe... It, it will, will obviously, as I said, we devoid any... Mm-hmm. Divulging anything too crazy, but thing other questions you may have about Whoa. the show, the series, maybe about some of the systems. Yeah. So when they went in the ways... Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Matt didn't come in and, and now I know that they, this was last minute. That wasn't initially how the scene was supposed to go, but then she's like, I can't use the power to open the door right now. Like, cause I, or I can't open the pathway because I have to use the one power and then, you know, Machin Shin will come in if I do that. But how else are you supposed to get out of the ways anyway? Did she just mean in that moment, I can't use it to open because then we still have to walk this long ways and, and Machin Shin will catch us. Because if you get to the end of the destination where you're going, then it's okay to use the one power because you just kind of open the door and you can leave real quickly before Machin Shin gets you, right? Because I was confused about that. I was like, how are you going to get out, though? You're already in the ways. You can't use the power to open the door, but then how are you going to leave when you get so to the door? So I'll, I'll say this, Sean. <laughs> that, is, that is something that's new for the show. Oh, okay. In, in the, we were a little upset about that. In the that. books, there's a, like a little <laughs> leaf that's on the door. You kind of like move it from mm-hmm. one place to the other to unlock it. Uh, and uh, so the whole using the power to open the doors for the ways or not being able to channel in the ways because Machin Shin will come and get you. All of that is unique to the show. Okay. Whereas like the ways in Machin Shin do exist in the books. It's just not attracted by the use of the one power. And Loyal is very key in the books because his people understand the ways because they they traveled them for so yeah. long, and so the Ogier were that's why they he was important to be there, and uh, that was something that was kind of also left out of the yeah show yeah they mostly were just like oh you're a builder you know it but he yeah I didn't but so we know Matt 
was last minute then maybe they just put that in there as a way because otherwise they could just open it again and let him come through so they had to make up some way for that they couldn't open it again real quick i guess right some way that made sense for why matt didn't just follow them yeah well and as we know other someone else traveled the ways too and true well don't know how they traveled it so oh wait yeah because that dude can't channel can he yeah, we know <laughs> that, that. We, we know of yeah that's ah. the, key, the key wording but the th- the thing is too sean and s- this is such a great thing about like the books and the show is that you know like maureen mm-hmm. when she talks like it's the truth yes as she knows it yes so she's saying like i you can't like you can only open the doors through channeling like that's how she knows it so that's ah, that's true know, Good point. right just because she know. says something it's true for as far as she knows she can't outright lie but she can mm-hmm. kind of lie by omission or through ignorance yeah yep oh that's a good point so no questions about the very very end of the show uh which part the the giant wave oh my god yeah 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 so <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you, because even the second time I watched it, at the very, very end, I was like, once they showed the beach, I was like, oh, yeah, they showed that part. I totally forgot about that. So I'm assuming that's a different country. Now, I looked at the map briefly, not really briefly, but um, I already forgot. So I don't know. Obviously, I don't know where that beach was. I don't know what other country that might be, but it's a country with ships and with channelers. Um, And that poor girl, you know, I hope she can swim, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, it might be too late for her. yeah. So I mean, that's obviously a question for the second because they just throw that in there. It's almost like an after credit scene, you know, for like you know, right. you get in Marvel yeah. movies and stuff. And if you read the comics or you read, in this case, the books, you kind of know what's coming. And as a non-reader, yeah, I have no clue. So definitely curious about it, and I'll probably know <laughs> what's coming sooner than the second season because I'll read other books first. But um that just that's because well we've already had like one war in the first season you know Logan, you know he won the march on the white tower um and it could be that this other country is seeing that this country is weakened now or just not paying attention but it seems like there's gonna be some kind of big battle coming up um and we still have the last battle to get to i don't know when the last battle is going to come um so yeah no there's Definitely, hopefully, some a lot of action next season, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, I hope so, too. For sure. There's a couple scenes that I'm really hoping make it into the show, um, and that we'll see next season after, that are like mentioned in yeah. books two and books three. Mm. They're both uh, they, really cool. They did come out and say they're doing books two and three uh, kind of in the second season. Oh, okay. And oh, and it, okay. Which is, which is pretty wild since, uh, like, you talked about Brandon Sanderson's books. Like, all of Jordan's books are basically the same. Yeah, yeah. thick. With. Yeah. It's a wheel of time as well. Like, every book's, like, 900-plus pages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of the wheel of time, like, I actually, I do enjoy that concept that you can kind of see that's mm-hmm. the whole premise of the series or just the mm-hmm. whole background yeah. of the series is the wheel of time. And, and without saying so much, it's just... Um, uh, not rejuvenation. What's that word? Re- reincarnation. 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 <laughs> Suppose yeah. you get rejuvenated, but yeah, reincarnation. Like they have this whole belief <laughs> that uh, eventually you come back. But the the thing with them, and I guess it would be that's how people with reincarnation believe today too. You don't really have like the memories of your past. 
Um, right. But we do see with Rand, he can recall the memories of Alu from when he first encountered, uh, you know, the Dark One. So uh, I do like that whole kind of premise. Um, you know, the, uh, the uh, Tuatharain, you know, and their whole way of the leaf. And you kind of pick up on Perrin, you know, after he accidentally kills his wife, he really just doesn't want to fight, I don't think. Like right. he, he, You could kind of see he's really intrigued by that, and he wants to follow that way a little bit. Um, now looking, yeah, so looking forward, maybe maybe that's what Perrin does. Maybe he goes back to the way of the leaf after, you know, the next season. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, definitely do want to read the series, though. Like, I did, I held off on actually getting the books and, and reading before the podcast so I could keep just my show-only thoughts separate. Um, and I'm actually trying to read this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. Uh, I'm trying to read this one book right now. That's my second time trying to read it. But once I'm past this book, then I might start with Otai. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope you yeah. enjoy it. I think you will. Uh, Mike and I both really like the series, so we uh, we have nothing but good stuff to say about it. Even though there are some frustrating bits within it. But it is yeah, a, some characters too that you're kind of like. Yeah, it is a 15 book ah. series, so yeah. it's yeah. there's gonna be moments where you're like, oh, that was amazing, and moments where you're like, ugh. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I'd be really, yeah, I'd be really intrigued to after you do read the first book and kind of get how you, f- like, how you feel about the book or how you feel about the series based off mm-hmm. of after that read and seeing some of those differences and similarities. Yeah, sure. Now is uh is fifteen the final number or is there any more? Uh, so as of right actually, now, it's the final number. Um, yeah. So that's I think there's fourteen books in the main series, and then there's mm-hmm. one prequel book. Ah, okay. Um, that kind of focuses more on Moraine and land yeah. meeting and how they met. And... But um, right now the estates of Robert Jordan um aren't really saying they're gonna allow any other people to play in the universe or make any sequels or prequels or alternate takes or anything like that but who knows i think if they did though it would definitely be brandon sanderson agreed probably but he has so much going on right now yeah yeah and uh the the books are alternating story views or point of views right right so like every chapter basically has a different point of view sometimes there'll be one chapter that'll have multiple points of view within it but it's all um first person storytelling through um one character's eyes at a time and that does shift so you get a lot of people's perspective on various events through uh throughout the books okay yeah which is pretty cool um so yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool all right well that being said i think we're gonna try to end it here so (laughs) yeah keep it under an hour here um, so with all that being said, any closing thoughts, uh, Sean or Mike? I just want to thank you, Sean, for coming on and you talking about your perspective on the series was definitely, uh, really, it gives me hope, refreshing, refreshing. Um, and like a lot of the things you said, I was like, yeah, I could see that. And it sort of like, um, I'll be honest, like, leaving, like, after reading the books and watching the series, there was definitely some things that I took away very, like, oh, no, like, they've altered so much, and, like, you talking about it, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that, and, like, I understand, like, why they would do that now, and, like, how that would look to, like, to, honestly, their majority audience, probably, um, you know, since it was so successful, like, most people haven't read the books, and so, 
I think that is such a good point. And I think about some of my other like instances where I've watched a movie or a show before I read the books and the books are always better because they add more than the show can add. Mm -hmm. But uh, like you said, you start, you attach the characters that you've seen on the screen into the book and it sort of, it makes you appreciate both more. And so I, I like that you, you talked about it that way because it sort of bridges that for me a little bit more. Right. And I'm just going to pick up uh, real quick there and just kind of echo what Mike said there. It, it did make me feel like, okay, maybe the world's not burning to the ground. <laughs> like, yes, it's different. Yes, there are some things that really annoy me and that I really don't like. But at the end of the day, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to keep going. And the fact that, you know, you can come in here as um, someone who is a fan of fantasy, but not having a background in real time necessarily and still like enjoy the series and everything like that. I think that's really what it's about too, because the if the show can convert like one in every thousand people that watch the show to read the books, I consider that a big win. And so the fact like you're interested enough after watching the show to pick up the books and everything, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, and thank you again for having me. Yeah, I, you guys both made good points in your little closing speeches. Uh, <laughs> and I and I think I definitely think it goes both ways. If you watch a show first or movie first, and then you can kind of insert in your mind the characters. But it's also nice when you when you do read like the book first, and then you can see the adaptation and kind of now you can picture the person um, that you've had in your mind for so long. You can see it in real life, not right. um, if they get the casting right, you know, um, or close enough. You know, uh, I think it's great. But they both have uh, it's it's thorny, but they both have their positives and negatives in terms of watching first or reading first. Right. Um, cause I read, there's one series I read recently last year. It's called the Rook. Um, it's a two book series right now. The third book coming later, but I watched it first or sorry, I read it first. Um, and it's different. It's very different, but it's good. Um, fantasy wise, but then they did a one season on, on stars and I did watch the season and they changed so much that it's really not the same. But if you, but what I've learned you have to do is you just kind of go into the mindset that it's, it's going to be similar to something you already know about, but it's its own thing, almost like an alternate universe kind of thing. Um, you, it helps you enjoy a little bit more. It still doesn't make it perfect or, or even good sometimes, but you kind of just kind of detach what you already know. But I, I do especially love watching something first and loving it and then reading it because I know, like Mike said, you're going to get so much more background. It's almost like bonus content. Um, or yeah. you can be like, if there's something in the show you didn't like, maybe the book will fix it, you know? Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to reading Wheel of Time and and getting to know these characters a lot better. Um, and 15 books. Yeah. That's going to be fun. (laughs) It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah, Yeah, it is definitely a journey and definitely say it'd be okay in some parts if you skipped ahead. (laughs) If it gets to a very snowy scene, like Robert Jordan Uh, is very descriptive. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, when should I read the prequel? Not till like after book. Uh, probably honestly after. I would say probably after the first book. Oh, okay. It's yeah. Probably fine, but I like. A lot of people recommend you read it after like the second or third book, but yeah, I think okay. after the first book, it's fine. Right. So you don't need to read it. The prequel like got released like around uh, book seven or so, I think. Yeah. But like, 
whenever I do a reread after having read the series all the way through, I do start with a prequel. But starting out, I would recommend just starting with Eye of the World and then maybe mm-hmm. go to New Spring, which is the name of the prequel book. Cool. Yeah. Because right. there, it, it has a lot of information in there that I feel like you after you've read Eye of the World, like you can really make it. It'll make more sense, yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Well, again, thanks so much for coming on here, Sean. It was awesome chatting with you. And so we uh, hope to see you guys at our next episode and see you all the next turning of the wheel. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.